Kansas City was great, and I hung out with my sister at Comic-Con, and I bought my dad a cool board game, and I saw my doggos, who are like three years older than I thought in my head. Like, in my head, they haven't Have aged. Have you seen them, like, recently? Yeah, but in my <laughs> head, like, they're still six yeah. and nine, but in reality, they're nine and twelve, oh, so, uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of old doggos. Ass. They're not sleepy. They're the most hyper old dogs. Maggie isn't... Like, neither of them I can think of them as old. The only way you can tell my Labrador is old is because she has a... She's, like, an all-white face almost. Yeah. Which happened, like, overnight. Oh. Um, Wait, I, your, do- your dog's name is Maggie? Maggie is a Labrador. So that is a thing. Oh, my what gosh. Do you, what do you mean? Apparently... Okay, People so, names for dogs? No. Like, specifically Maggie. My roommate met this girl at a coffee shop, the barista. Uh-huh. Um... I don't and know she if it's like, packing up your voice. Hang on a second. Hello. Technical difficulties. Here, talk. Can you hear me? I mean, I see the thing moving. There you go. Okay, cool. I'll just talk louder. All right. Um, she met the barista and asked what her name was, and she was like, Maggie, like the dog. <laughs> and she was like, what? And she's like, yeah, like everyone has a dog named Maggie. And like the past <laughs> week, I've met like three people who have dogs named Maggie. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, it's been me this whole time. Uh, who is, yeah. Who is your favorite Fairly Odd teacher, character, teacher, Fairly Odd show, not teacher? Fairly Odd, <laughs> odd character. Hmm. I liked Vicky. <laughs> what? <laughs> well. You can't like Vicky. <laughs> I don't know if I liked Vicky, but I felt like I connected with her in a way because my older sister was also very mean. So I guess I liked Timmy. Okay, but name? you loved Vicky in a way okay, because no, it's also your older sister. I changed, I changed my answer. Uh, that singer guy, the my shiny teeth and <laughs> that guy. What's his name? Chip Chip Skylark. Chip Skylark. Chip Skylark. How do you remember these things? Because I didn't. I didn't have friends. My friends were the people on the TV. By the way, this is Bridget with us. Yes. I'm Aaron Dupuy. I'm Mihana Johnston. I'm Bridget. <laughs> Welcome she has to- no last name. She's simply Bridget or Bart. Or Bart. Um, welcome to Encyclop. We, we always forget to just introduce the show right off the bat. Oh, no, I do that on purpose. I always like to. <laughs> I like to, you know, in media res, you're going to hear some mic moving sounds. We're going to perfect this. Uh, I'll move closer. This whole thing eventually, guys. And I apologize that probably every episode has like. <laughs> And that's because I'm screwing with the mic trying to get slightly better sound. It's also because it's you're like making you're the us. sound effects <laughs> in my mouth. We just want you to have the experience of being in this room with us. Yeah, it's just imagine being like in a room with like a shaved, uh, a shaved cheetah that can talk. Because that's kind of what it's like. Because I'm hungry. And... And spotted. You have and spots. I have a five foot tail that helps me balance in the tree <laughs> canopies very, of South America. Very agile. That's not true. Cheetahs <laughs> do not live in South America. I'm thinking of a jaguar. Yes, you are thinking of a jaguar. <laughs> jaguar. Jaguar. Holy crap. Okay, early lightning round. Okay, let's go. If you haven't seen Black Panther, go see Black Panther. That shit is. I really want to see, see that it. Movie. It's. 
kind of sad you went without me. I'm, I had to go with my dad. <laughs> my dad and I and my sister, like, we see every sci-fi and action and superhero movie. Aww. And, okay, here's the thing. Two people in this room do not like Lord of the Rings that much. I just, okay. no, I, I never said I disliked it. I just don't, I haven't listened. I was just it, bored. Really. <laughs> that's that's what that's I've said you didn't like it that much. I didn't say that you hated it. I just said you didn't like it that much. Well Yeah, not a fan. Okay. I was like in a in a cabin with my family in Maine because we had won some kind of like raffle to do it. Like a timeshare raffle. Yeah, and oh. it, and we were watching it and I was just like sleepy and it was scary out and it just freaked me out. It's a very scary movie. Yeah, it's like all, yeah. I was little and all of the like monsters. And oh, if you haven't seen it since you're little, yeah, that's not going to help. <laughs> yeah. My parents wouldn't let me watch anything with guns or anything. They wouldn't let me watch Power Rangers, and yet they <laughs> sat me down for Lord of the Rings, which starts with a, which starts with a 20, like 200,000 person battle where like monsters with like pieces of meat hanging off their face <laughs> cut, get cut up and cut up people. And then uh, a guy's face turns into a monster at one point in the movie. I was like Jeez. a bit scarred, but I also loved it. And I asked for uh, the sword sting for Christmas. And my parents were like, how are we going to do that? But luckily, since the movie had come out, there was merchandising. Nice. And so the sword in the movie lights up blue when goblins or orcs are nearby. Uh-huh. And this sword, you could press a button and it would light up blue. It was like a plastic thing, you but it would light it, up. It you? was so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was very fun. I wasn't allowed to watch Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Why? Because probably... he, he said, like, shut up or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, he also objectified women pretty consistently. But he was also punished for it. I don't know where I stand on Johnny Bravo. I don't remember. Well, I have a fun interjection on Power Rangers. Power Rangers, hop on in. I convinced him. Green was my favorite color growing up, and I Uh convinced my brother I was the green Power Ranger when he was four, three, four. (laughs) And he loved the Power Rangers. I don't know why your parents didn't let you watch it. Like, he loved it, and he was little... And he was convinced I was the Green Power Ranger every now How and then. How did you I would, convince him? I told him that, like, in my free time, I would, like, evolve into the Green Power Ranger and go off and fight evil. And one time, like, I found a little suit or, like, one of those dress-up you would wear for Halloween and dressed up in it and convinced uh-huh. him. Oh, my God. <laughs> when did he realize that you weren't actually the Green Power Ranger? Has I'm he assuming, realized? I'm assuming you're actually not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I haven't told him anything. <laughs> That's awesome. I actually didn't really watch Power Rangers. I didn't either. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, but we were talking about Black Panther. Yes. How is Kendrick Lamar's soundtrack? Kendrick Lamar's soundtrack is one of the most banging fucking soundtracks you've ever yes. heard. Every single song, you're like, shit, what is it? Like, I, you want to pull out your phone to Shazam it. And it's all, like, the movie is just so fun. It's got, uh, there's like three villains Actually, in the film, and all of them, well, one of them is just really fun, and the other two are really uh, sympathetic, which is good hmm. for a villain. Like, mm-hmm. it's not it's not just, like, they're crazy evil like most people, which I think Marvel has, for the most part, done a really good job of. Like, yeah. you don't hate Loki, you don't hate, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of, well, Loki's, like, the big one. Mm-hmm. That like he's like the big bad in a lot of them, but you don't hate him. He's he's very um, sympathetic, dude. Yeah. Um. In this movie, they take that like even farther. I would say. Um, cool. 
yeah, it was it was really good. And there's like if you like action movies, if you like superhero movies, if you like stories of love and loss, then you'll love this movie. It's very very good. How many stars? Five out of five. Wow. Okay. It's good. Five stars. I'm not gonna overstate. It. It's not the best thing I've ever seen, but like you will not be sad <laughs> that you went to see it. Um, Sweet. So yeah, Black Panther was great. Um, do I have anything else? Uh, I think I wanted to rep some other piece of media in here real quick. Hmm. Um, but I can't remember. I have so many notes. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I'll talk about the other one at a later date. Cool. Um, okay, so. Well, today is very snowy here in Denver, and we're in a cozy little practice room at the music <laughs> school. <laughs> All of our equipment standing on a piano. It's actually pretty cool. Um, I want to wish everyone a happy Pisces season. Started yesterday. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sorry. Nobody likes Pisces. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I apologize on behalf of all Pisces. Yeah. About who apologize we are. on behalf of your people. <laughs> well, okay, we're a lot, but we're also angels. So there's two of you I really like, and the rest can can go away. Um, Who's the second one? Liz Butler. Okay. Oh yeah, she's a Pisces. Um, well, yeah, I'm sorry about that, but. Pisces season. So what do you think about when you think of Pisces? Um, fish. Yeah, flopping fish. Flopping fish. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you should imagine like a mermaid covered in jewels, singing oh. her song, painting a watercolor Just painting. Just like in the sailors and then pulling them into the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what is that? Like the, pretty evil. The song of the... Sirens? Are they yeah. the sirens? Like, you're not supposed to listen to their song or else, like, you'll fall in love. Yeah. That is exactly what Pisces is. <laughs> um, it's about... Go ahead. I think of, like, a, an art student that is, like, like, thinks they're really woke. <laughs> um, and that they're really repping, like, some change in the world, but they're also uh, not, really, not really living up to their own expectations. But... That's not because they aren't capable, it's because they aren't trying. And you and Liz try. We all have Pisces in our chart somewhere, so yeah, you're going to learn to love it. Anyway, Pisces as an archetype is the archetype of death. It's the last sign of the zodiac, and so it's about becoming like one with the collective unconscious. It's like idealistic illusions of like love is everything, and love is light, and... Um, it talks about, or it's about, like, sensitivity in general with emotions. Like, I would cry all the time, and I still do. And growing up, my sister would be like, why are you so emotional? Why are you so sensitive? And that's exactly Pisces. Um, but also sensitive, like, psychic powers and dreams and, quote-unquote, plant medicine, like ayahuasca and multidimensional traveling, like, cool shit like that. So... If you're feeling the waves of emotion, just let yourself cry this season. Is the message I think. I'm 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 for that. Actually, it's beautiful. Actually, I cry. I texted Mihana this after as I was sitting in Black Panther right before the movie started. Um, I texted Mihana that I cry every time, or like I'm about to cry every time I see the new Jurassic World trailer. Yes. <laughs> 
he which did. is so weird. But like the image of like one Chris, Andy Dwyer being blown up. Andy <laughs> that's that's enough right there. Bert but Macklin. then, yeah, Burt Macklin, his like final, <laughs> truly his final mission. So Aww. yeah, Andy Dwyer blown up. Next, we have people <laughs> trapped in a small bubble that sinks to the bottom of the sea. Then we have a bunch of dinosaurs just like drowning and they've lost their home. And whose fault is it? Ours. That's exactly the kind of bullshit that we would do. Is like bring something back from the dead and then be like, oh well, and then just let them fucking die. Okay. <laughs> wow. I just, it really upsets me every time I see it. So do you really hate that we're trying to, like, bring back the woolly mammoth? <laughs> no. If we're actually doing no, that. No, I, I don't mind that. But, like, let's take care. If we're going to fucking do that, let's take care of it. Yeah. And not just be like, ooh, I guess. Ooh. But why, why would we do that? We have evolved in a, like, into, it's not, how do you sustain a woolly mammoth? Because we can. I yeah. That's we're so not going to be able to stop it. We're not going to be able to stop so it. stupid. It yeah, is no, stupid. There's better things like, to spend money on. But also, like... I can't. <laughs> it's like I remember reading an article of like these Japanese engineers who are so proud because they like engineered a robot to say no to them. And I was that's like, so what? The fuck? Yeah, that's <laughs> why I, I had this exact conversation with my family at lunch yesterday. Uh, my my sister's like, if Jurassic Park was real, would you go? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And my mom's like, why? I'm like, well, because one, they're probably gonna do it, and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're abs- she's like, well, no one would build it because of the movies. I'm like, we're building AI with free will, mm-hmm. despite all the movies about it. Exactly. Like, humans just do things because they can. We just like the idea of success, and like you can keep talking about it and argumenting about it, but like nothing. The the moment we went wrong was the moment the agricultural revolution happened, and mm. from that moment, societies were starting to form and progress, and we got this lifestyle where. Because we could, we would, and we're not going to stop. And the only way that that would be different if we were to do it over is if the agricultural revolution didn't happen, in my opinion. Interesting. And there would be hunter-gatherers. And yeah, we, and there would just be a simple life, but also... There'd be a violent life, also, too. Yeah, like you would have I just to like survive Yeah, you day. just have to be indifferent to everything in life. <laughs> Advice That's the lesson Bridget. today. The exact opposite of a Pisces. Let's let's point out that Bridget is an Aries, which yeah. is the very youngest sign, technically, and yes, Mihana exactly. is the oldest sign. Yes. I uh, felt Mihana's soul crack into as, as Bridget said that. Pisces, yes, you have to love everything. It's like finding the prince and the frog. You have to care as deeply as possible if you're yes, a Pisces. About everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is also the tarot card today, which is the high priestess. I will pass this around. Um, it's about kind of going inward, looking at your own dreams, your own intuition, connecting with the inner realms. And I don't know. It's a great time to do all of that, like past life stuff, dreams. What do you Why see? is she holding a churro? <laughs> She's very hungry. <laughs> it's a very big churro, too. Yeah, it's huge. But it's a scroll of information that she's keeping for herself. Yeah, it's some it's secrets. <laughs> or it's a churro. <laughs> or it's a churro. You guys are both just hungry. <laughs> I'm um, so hungry. Have you guys been having crazy dreams lately? This yes. is kind of my topic. Oh my god, I actually had um, this craziest dream that I Please woke tell up us. from and yes. could not like get out of bed for 10 minutes because I was so mind screwed. Am I allowed to say fuck on this thing? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, mind fucked. Let's say this. <laughs> mind fucked. But I, I like it was the, the setting of this dream took place in the house I grew up in, and I was just like living my life, 
And then uh, all of a sudden, I forget how it happened because it's been a week now, but I ended up in this other dimension where it was still the same setting, but my house was like kind of destroyed and it was like a warriors from like the Roman times scene. Whoa. And there was just like a fewer people there that I'd never seen and we had all been just like placed in this reality and we were just like fighting and things. And then I remember this one redheaded girl um, was just like... <laughs> it was Aaron. <laughs> it was <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> One hundred other girl was like, yeah, I was in this chariot, like, war thing, and it was like this, it was the equivalent of, like, an Olympic game kind of deal cool. in this realm, and she saw her, like, brother pop up out of nowhere, just, like, crying in the middle of, like, the battle, and then he disappeared, and it, and then I don't know what happened after that, but then be, I remember sitting there, with somebody who knew all about this realm telling me how to get back to the realm I came from. And it had to do with a, a picture and like me drawing something and putting my hand on it and getting shocked. And when I was shocked, I went through all of these like psychedelic visions that I've actually seen in real life. Like, not because I do drugs, but just, I've just seen them. Your crazy and imagination. <laughs> yeah. It's just my crazy imagination. Yeah, I keep forgetting. I keep, I've talked so many times about how I get high on this show, and I realize I still have yet to get hired at a real job, so I've probably fucked that up at this point. I don't do them, but then I went through all of those visions and ended up back in the regular realm, and I woke up after that when I was about to touch my mom on the shoulder and say, hi, it's been so long, and then I woke up, Whoa. and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Whoa. But that happened last week. I um, had a I had a dream about uh, possession, which is a dream I actually have a lot, which is very freaky. Yes. But I often have dreams about being possessed by a demon. And in this case, it was the demon from the Exorcist film. Holy shit. Yeah, it was it was a lot <laughs> in the form of the little girl, like with all the crazy like like blue veins and the green skin and everything. And it was just kind of like, let, let me see. Uh, someone texted me. Um, very early in the morning when I was very sleepy, they said, will you be at Mothership tonight, which is Bridget's house, which is having a party. And I responded, no, unfortunately, I'm out of town having dreams about the supernatural and working for a small baking business stuck in the 70s as I try not to get possessed and solve the incursion of giants on our small hamlet. She did not respond to that. <laughs> she did not respond. <laughs> That's a record show. Aaron she's, was left hanging after yes, that. Yes, she was very busy. No, but the whole plot, if you've seen Attack on Titan, which if you haven't and you even sort of like anime, you should. Um, basically, like, I was in this, like, small town. I'm always in, like, a situation where I'm in a school in my dreams. Like, it's always, like, a group of young people that mm -hmm. I know. And we always have to, like, do one thing, but there's always some, like, malevolent force coming after me. That's pretty much every dream I have, I'm yeah. starting to realize. Um so I was like a group of young people and we were like in, we work at a bakery, but we also were going to college in this very small town that was like 70s style. And, um, there was a demon trying to possess my body and it was very difficult not to let that happen while also, you know, working for the big bake-off. And <laughs> also there was a giant that I had to run away from basically looked like a thing from Attack on Titans where, and so like we all had to like occasionally run away because a giant would come to the town and try and eat everybody and so like you had to like run inside and the hand like the whole arm would like come in the house and like search for you blindly mm -hmm. and so you had to like squeeze into corners or like hide in closets and stuff to not get eaten and it was very scary wow yeah did you throw your tasty pastries at him as a distraction no i don't I don't remember even baking one single thing. I was a uh, terrible student. <laughs> do you ever let 
Whatever is possessing you possess you? No. Because it is incredibly scary looking. <laughs> if you saw the thing, imagine the girl. Would you let the girl from The Exorcist touch you willingly? Would you just stand there and be like, come on in? Come Have on you in, seen The Conjuring? Open. It also kind of looked like that uh, thing. It looked like the thing from The Conjuring. Yeah. yeah. Aaron's really connected to the ghosty realms. Oh, the ghosts love me. Uh, yeah. Ghost he also has two ghost tattoos. I, I have two ghosts. I kind of think of them as guardians, like of my. They're kind of like gargoyles on my arms, yeah. oh, basically. I like, that. I like that too. One's very sleepy. One's and one... asleep and the other's awake. So yes. it's also like, um, like protection in like this world and the dream world. But it's Ooh. not working. <laughs> well, it is because they never get me. Why don't you just do the Ringo Star accent? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just love to play the drums. <laughs> I just love to play the drums with my Aww, world famous band, the Beatles. Ringo Star. I love Ringo. Okay. Do we want to uh, get going? We're, yes. Uh... Well, this is kind of my topic. I just wanted to hear about your dreams because oh, okay. it's okay. Pisces season, and I've been trying to record my dreams as much as I can. Um, the dream I had the other night was I was running away. I think it was with Anna Walsh. They were like dishing school. They're like, come with us. And I was like, okay. So we ran. I think we were in New York City because we ended up in this like swingers in lounge. In New York, is a grand night's Bridget, this This happens off air too. It's just when I'm talking to Aaron. <laughs> um, we were in New York. We went Let's to like this. Oh my New God! New York, New York, New York. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Swingers Lounge. <laughs> um, and it was pretty creepy. The girls would kind of just stand on the perimeters and try to entice these creepy-looking dudes on the inside to, like, hook up with them. And it was very, like, re- there were the red lights, and it was kind of grimy and dark. And I was very uncomfortable, and I remember when guys would come up to me, I would just yell, be like, I'm on my period. <laughs> and then they'd just like look disgusted and walk away. And then I saw this like older Japanese woman that I found like really comforting because I don't really see Japanese people ever <laughs> here. But also she just seemed very nice and wasn't a creepy dude. So I started talking to her. And then I look over and she turns into like a pile of books. And it was like her, what? It was, like, her published books with like this small piece of paper with like Japanese characters on it, which I knew in the dream was like her death certificate. And I was like, wait, what? Like, did you just die? Or were you like this the whole time? And was I talking to like a real person? And then like the pile of books started talking and it was like, you need to keep these safe. Like they're very sought after in this city. I have an apartment here that you can stay in. Like it's all paid for. It's kind of like Kafka on the shore. Do you remember that part? Where like that ghost guy that acts like Colonel Sanders is like, Mm -hmm. you have an apartment that it's all paid for. Like you can stay there whenever you want. Yeah. Like you're very mm-hmm. safe. It was like that, but like this pile of records and books was talking to me. Which did you guys also take that to be the girls' apartment? Because like the the description uh, of the two apartments are pretty similar. That that whole thing is like people yeah. people are like multiple people. When they're asleep, they're one person. When yeah. they're awake, they're a different person. I, I don't honestly need to reread that. I need one. to read that book like seven more times. Yeah. But that's why I love Murakami's book. You guys should read Murakami. Her- Haruki Murakami. My favorite author. Um, he's amazing because he does talk about like the dream world and you know, like I love that shit. But it's also really like dark and kind of disturbing. Like, objectifies women <laughs> yeah, it's, a lot. He also, it's yes, pretty it's sexist. Yeah. Misogynistic. But if you can ignore that, yeah, it's it's, it's a great, great Yeah. Um but yeah, that was my dream and it kinda freaked me out. But 
Why? Like I was talking to a it, dead person via her collected works. But it seems like maybe I should read. It seems more. like an like almost like an ancestral message of yeah. like of like find your because like the death certificate and like the comfort and like. Like, yeah. New York is, like, a big place. Like, big pond. Yeah. Eating small fishes. Mm-hmm. Fishies. Fish. Fishies. Fish. Spices. A little fishies. Fish. With a PH. Um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> jam bands. Love them. I don't. Um, anyway. Yeah. My point oh, being. Wait, that's what I think of when I think Pisces. I think fish. Like, the band. That's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me very sad. <laughs> That's the only thing I don't like about the character on Broad City is that she loves fish so much. (laughs) I even tried to listen to Fish because of that show, and I was just sat there. I was like, (sighs) I dated someone who liked Fish, and I like tried to listen to their music and didn't dislike it, but also didn't like like it. You wouldn't road trip around the country and follow them. No, but I've heard that you have to see them live, so I'm not gonna keep my mouth shut until That's I true. see them live. Dan Myers did see them live, and he said that it was like at first it was cool, and then after a certain point, it was just like it's the same thing. It's it's tension yes. rise, mm. kill it with big guitar solo. I mean, that's just jam band music in general. Yeah, yeah. he was like he's like they do the same thing for like five to seven minutes, and then they'd like you know change one chord in the progression, and everyone would go like, nuts and out. drop yeah. another Molly. <laughs> so like, he's he's. Like, I think it really helps to be high off your ass. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. But yeah, no, I've actually been like so, so, so interested in ancestry work. And I actually got like an ancestry tarot reading from this amazing woman. I will link her Instagram. Um, her name's Raven. And um, yeah, she was talking about like a lot of, she was actually talking about, oh, this is all coming together now. Like my Japanese side and like all the women in my life and how a big part of my life right now is to speak up for all the women in the past because they've all been very silenced on the Japanese side and on um, the Mormon side, my dad's side too. Yeah, in my, in my, like in my reading of that dream, it's like the world is a big, very big scary place and you're trying to find your place in it. And then, you know, you have this like, this older woman who like, you know, could conceivably be an ancestor giving you like, books full of words about like her stories and your story and then being you know yeah the death certificate representing that this is in the past and Mm -hmm. this is previous generations and that you know their story is your story and that from those roots you'll find your uh thanks your future i love that because also you always draw that mountain card and yes. with the tree in yeah. your in your one deck. Yeah, and that card was like the Which central card. Which you should post card. on Instagram. Yeah, I will. That was the central card of this reading too. Are you kidding me? No, like it was. Okay, there you go. I know. Six Divination's fake, but it's very real. It's very real. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Anyway, yeah, so I just think dreams are rad. Everyone should record their dreams for the next 20 days or so. You told me to do that when we were working at LaBelle, and I did do it for a minute, and I did start remembering my dreams more. Right? And then I stopped doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, the bad part of it is that it's hard. You'll, you'll like dream so vividly that you won't sleep well, which is like what's been happening to me. You can also take melatonin and then just yeah. think about it when you wake up. Because melatonin, true. it's essentially real. Yeah. Like, do you ever get, like, super, super drunk on, on no. accident? 
And then you... <laughs> None of us drink or do drugs. Yeah, you have, like, a really... Yeah, like, someone slipped you, like, a whole thing of vodka, and you thought it was water. And <laughs> you just down it. And then you go to bed that night, and you have dreams, and you, like, this is real. And then you wake up, and you're like, what the fuck just mm -hmm. happened? Do you yeah, ever have that yeah, when you drink? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's... melatonin will do that to you, just, like... Yeah. Just, like, Naturally. take one. Naturally. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, speaking of getting super drunk Pisces is also about escapism and like connecting with other realms that's like not reality that Pisces naturally do but just be careful to not overindulge in escapist behavior it'll be very tempting <laughs> unless you're trying to do like deep ancestor work or whatever I'm all for that yeah if you want to do <laughs> stuff like that do like an ayahuasca ceremony that's like <laughs> lead yeah do like an actual ceremony um but yeah I just wanted to hear about your dreams and I don't really have much to talk about dreams, except that I think they're very important. I also think they're important, and they scare the shit out of me. They're also <laughs> yeah. only seven seconds long. What? Dreams are, like, in your head, like, lifetimes. I think, I've, I feel like I read this somewhere. I don't remember where I got the information. It would be nice to, like, double check after I say this. But they're, like, seven seconds long, mm -hmm. and it feels like a whole night's worth of, like, eight hours. Wow. But... I don't know how, how that works or what chemicals yeah, are released. Yeah, because your cycles but... and your frequencies go up and down like waves. And so yeah. you, you don't dream when you're in deep, deep, deep sleep. Only when you're like up at the surface. No, you dream in, you dream in REM sleep. That's when you get like deep sleep with right. the dreams. But you can also have like, like if the chemicals are still being released, you're like half awake. That's mm -hmm. like why when you try and like stay awake, you often have really freaky dreams. Or yeah. I do. Yeah. 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 And they're like half real, half not. I'd like to study this particular thing yeah, more really for cool. next time. I know, I should have brought but yeah, more I've, research. I've also heard that, that it's like that, but your brain perceives it as like much longer, which is why life is but a dream. Well, I was actually having an interesting conversation with one of my roommates, and he, he believed that there's more afterlife, and I'm, I don't know what I think about that, but what's interesting is that like what I can get, I don't know about a whole life after your life, but... Um, you, time is so easily obscured to us in dreams and like just like studying psychedelics and the things that they do mm -hmm. on behavior and conception of time. When you die, all of the DMT in your brain is released, mm -hmm. supposedly, and yeah. um, that kind of chemical being released. Like you, when you die, there's studies that show your brain still have right. um, waves and active activity. I'm so bad with words, I cannot speak. <laughs> active activity in your brain, and that's like all of these chemicals being released and stuff. And during that time, like it could be a whole nother lifetime you're experiencing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, for it completely could be, but it's only like actually 10 seconds in reality. So there yeah. could be like another life after your life, but it's not going to be the same scale of what you have experienced in this life. Right. Right. Like maybe that. like what if like your DMT trip is like eternal? Like what, what if, if this is your DMT? Exactly. Trip? Yeah, that was my next thing. Like what if you die and then, you know, the hallucinogens <laughs> release in your brain and then you actually just live forever in your hallucination. I was reading an interview last night <laughs> with the with the creators of Rick and Morty and then there was one quote where it was like, Yeah, we're just like people playing a play for these intergalactic slugs watching us from above and <laughs> like things like that. I was exactly. like, Very much. Yeah. I thought about that too. Yeah. Just as real as anything else. As a little kid I thought that. I thought like there's somebody watching us in the sky. And that wasn't like me being trippy or like having any. I grew up no religion yeah, at all, yeah, and like yeah. I was just was like, yeah, there's, there's somebody watching. Yeah, us. there's something to that for sure. <laughs> I think it's possible that we're in the most complex role playing game 
I don't know if I said this on our very first episode. I might have. I don't know. I think it's possible we're playing the most complex role-playing game ever created, and that we could just very well be aliens, like, sitting in a, in a VR booth, and that humans are just as made up as, like, dwarves or elves. Ooh. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that and is then, super weird. Yeah, and it's just, like, full immersion, and so, like... Because, like, in RPGs, you get to pick, like, your history and, like, mm-hmm. where your character comes from, what they yeah. look like. Yeah. Um, and you get to... Uh, also, in life, like, there's evidence that not observing particles means that they act differently. Like, they yeah. don't necessarily activate until we observe them. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a working theory. Well, guess what? Code works the same way. If it's not needed, it's shut down. So yeah. anything that the player character can't see in like an online game doesn't exist until they see it so uh. <laughs> so us creating vr in this life is like creating vr within vr yeah we're gonna <laughs> live then... forever anyway because we're just gonna hop out of this hop into vr yeah uh, and uh, just live an entirely different life. I just yeah. reached the point of Adventure Time where, like, he finds the humans on the island and they're all living in a virtual reality life, uh, and it's really fucked, and Jake, like, pulls the trigger on it, and then all of the humans wake up, and they're like, no, bring us back. And yeah, they all get back yeah, in. And they all yeah. go back into the little capsules of virtual reality. Ah, Spoiler this- alert! This is all Pisces Sorry. shit. Yeah, maybe I you should cut it. that out, but I feel like, like everybody... There's, yeah, there's yeah. no way, like... This is it, you know, just like 3D objects. Like, there's no way. So Pisces explores oh, 4D other exists. Yeah, 4D exists. We know that. Yeah. Um, That's the other weird thing is there could be four-dimensional things just like living on top of us and we wouldn't even know. Yeah, like we're flat. We're flat and like Poseidon and Zeus and. <laughs> uh, Poseidon is Pisces. Dionysus and Mars. Like all of the different gods are just living on top of us. Yeah. In a way, they are. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Let's we're, get we're back to reality. We're in a race against my computer battery. Oh, slash, yeah. I need. I might just go like start knocking on doors, be like, "Can I borrow your charger?" Um, <laughs> be that guy. Also, be that guy. Race. I do have class at twelve. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll, let's, we'll finish. Let's, okay. We have let's about, switch. I'm imagining we'll have about thirty more minutes left. Twenty to thirty. Okay. So, do you want to go next, or do I? Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's go next. Um, my topic is about words and how I hate them. But, like, I don't actually hate them. I'd also like to say earlier, I said, like, just be indifferent to everything. I'm not actually indifferent to anything, but I do think people need to hold a certain amount of indifference to not go insane. Yes. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) But, yeah, I don't hate words, but I definitely don't like them. I've never been good at it. You've probably, like, heard me speak a few times throughout this and just say two (laughs) words that that don't make sense together, but, like, you kind of get what I'm saying and you just ignore it. And I was known for that in high school. And people would call me out on it so often that I got super self-conscious and just, like, kind of oh. never spoke my opinion or anything. But, so this, From this all the podcast, stories I've heard, the kids at your high school sucked. I had some good friends. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Bridget's high school. You guys Shout can out to the ones who didn't call her out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Please continue. I mean, a lot of my trauma came from being the only girl in the jazz band and, like, the guys mm. thinking that their jokes were funny and, like, actually hitting home and, like, making mm-hmm. me really insecure. Men are funny. Shout out to all you guys who probably won't listen to this, but yeah. my, hopefully you should. I'll advertise it to you. Yeah, I'd just like to shout out to all male comedians that they're not funny. Like, <laughs> so, basic, True. Basic. To, a, to a degree, I kind of believe that. It's just 
scraping the bottom of the <laughs> the barrel, the barrel. The cultural barrel. I'm just so down with like the shitty dad comics. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Bridget, go ahead. Um, my my thoughts of words kind of started over the summer. I had gone home for two weeks, and the only book I had brought home with me was da- um, Dance, Dance, Dance mm-hmm. from that Aaron actually gave to me by Murakami, who we were talking about earlier. And I had finished it in the first three days because it's so good. You guys should read it. But the only other book in, I could find at our house because everything was packed in boxes was um, on my sister's bedtime table about the romantic sublime. And it was pretty much about romantic poets and like what they were trying to do to reach this in-between realm mm-hmm. called like the sublime and how pretty much things are indescribable and it was just like the whole study of words and logic which I didn't realize I would be studying a lot of this year because I went to Scotland and took a Scottish literature class who talked about Wordsworth and all those poets who um, were from Scotland some of them and a lot of the art and poetry was based off of the Sc- Scottish um landscapes mm-hmm. and things and now I'm in a romantic musicology class this quarter mm-hmm. and I have to write a paper and the paper has to be on a piece but really mine's just a philosophy study of how I hate words <laughs> <laughs> are you still writing a paper yeah I, well I'm doing I decided I'm doing half paper half diorama I chose cool initially chose Hector Berlioz's Symphony of Fantastique because it's he like pretty much took opium and wrote this piece about I don't do drugs he took opium and wrote this piece and it's like very influential because it melded word and song together Hmm. so he had a program and he was the first person to have a programmatic piece that described each movement and then the song was the symphony that broke the form of classical symphony and expanded harmony he was the first to use extended techniques on the instruments and he played with different instrumentation um I wasn't allowed to do that piece, so I chose Ro- Romeo and Juliet. But we're gonna we're gonna link that piece on the Instagram, <laughs> yes, we along with a picture of this man. Yes. Oh, he looks like one of those good old romantic, like hook nose, ugly guys. Yes. But, um, so basically, I've always had I hate I can't remember lyrics. I can't sing along to lyrics. That's why I'm drawn mm-hmm. to like symphonies or I study jazz and everything I write. It pretty much doesn't have lyrics, but mm-hmm. I liked the way he melded. Um, using words to reach this place that he calls the will or the romantic artists call the will um, to accompany something that doesn't have words. And he does that in Romeo and Juliet as well, but he actually incorporates words by using a choir. And um, he specifically puts the choir in different places. Um, And he says so in a quote that it's because he wants to leave imagination for room for imagination without the words. And when he puts the words in there, he like true sorry. Anyways, I'm wow. just kind of rambling now. I'm trying to keep up with you. It's, it's no, 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 truly I'm fascinating. <laughs> yeah. rambling. I but yeah, so basically that's just how I feel about words. And I have a couple quotes. Ironic. Real quick, was Wordsworth the poet who rhymed everything all the time? I actually don't really know. I didn't go deep into studying the poetry aspect. I studied more of the art in my online gotcha. course and the mm-hmm. music in this course. The romantic artists are fucking lit. Like, Turner. Turner. Turner's stuff yes. is beautiful. <laughs> Turner is amazing. I need to get a poster of his artwork for it's my room. It's all of the fucking ocean and all of like people on Ooh. docks like it's swallowed because... up by nature and man like all together. It's because they link this untouchable feeling with nature mm-hmm. in the supernatural, which goes back to Pisces. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's why. I love that. The nature is nature is supernatural. Yeah, that's, that's the crazy thing. Yes. 
And I don't think you can use words to describe these things. And I hate words because that's Mm. how so much miscommunication happens. Because everybody has their own interpretation and definition and doesn't take the time of day to clarify things. Um, One of my favorite modern composers, Kamazi, who's playing at Red Rocks in April, uh, he has this one song called Malcolm's Theme. And at the end, he takes um, a piece from... (laughs) Malcolm, the the one that's like... uh... You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now, and you're not so big. Nah, this is from Malcolm X's speech. Like, life is unfair. <laughs> but basically, I do. I don't have the quote on the piece I have, but I have it in the paper I'm writing. But if you listen to it, it's amazing. And it talks about like how religion is just miscommunication of words because he mm. believes in Allah and that's the and that's just the God that created everything and that's the God mm-hmm. the Christians believe in and that's the gods the Jews believe in and how like it's all the same thing, just with different words and it's caused wars and conflict and mm-hmm. things like that, which is why words suck. But <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. I'm also going to talk... That, that's weird. That actually ties pretty well into part of my thing. Yeah, because you love words. Well, no, 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 no. Because, no, specifically the thing about, um, like, all gods being the same and that it doesn't... Mm. Like, it's not... Uh, yeah, that words and people screwed it up. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. actually not going to read my quotes. Okay. okay. But I will talk about one quote I like, and it has to do with Kenny Warner wrote a book called Effortless Mastery, and he's an awesome jazz pianist. And this is like the last segment of my topic. So hopefully it transitions nicely into yours. Um, He talks about vibration and why people feel so connected to music and why it's lasted throughout our whole entire society is because it's made up of nothing but vibration. And um, it's because of that people can connect to it at this untalkable, Untalkable. <laughs> un, um, un, how do you say? Undescribable. Yeah. <laughs> Undescribable uh, way. And uh, then, like, uh, so, like, any melody made by an instrument is vibration that connects to your soul, and you're nothing but a bunch of molecules vibrating mm. and things like that. That's and then beautiful. it made me realize that words are just a bunch of vibrations, too. Mm-hmm. And that's why lyrics. Um, do have an effect on me when I listen to it. It's just not the actual words. Like, mm-hmm. I can sing the melody of all the lyrics, but I can't sing the words to them. Mm-hmm. And so words do have meaning because they're vibrations that touch the soul, but they're also, um, we don't take, we don't take that, we take that for granted. And like Luke always says, is he's like, words have so much weight, but nobody gives it the weight it needs. Mm-hmm. Which Absolutely. is why there's so many issues. And yeah, yeah, I mean, going back to your thing about definitions, Words are vibrations, but they always carry their own, like, intention that doesn't necessarily match the other person receiving the words. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, like, that's where wars are birthed yeah, from. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, I think lack of common cultural understanding mm-hmm. about words can really cause a lot of problems. Like, this comedian Mark Birbigley is like, he's like, I don't believe in marriage because I don't think we have an actual cultural culturally shared understanding of what marriage is mm. yeah. and like that word can mean so many different things to yeah. different yeah. people and yeah. serve different purposes yeah I, like I was thinking about this last night just kind of thinking about what I talk about and I love you is another one yeah it's yeah. used in so many different forms and phrases and it carries so much weight but it means something different to every person like yep. like different to your parents different to your siblings different to the first person you dated and the person you're dating now like yep. those words carry different meanings absolutely 
and nobody it's just a blanket statement like when you hear a symphony like i'm sure everyone digests it differently but it's meant we all yeah and like we all i mean i think one of the more beautiful things is like when you hear a symphony like i guess me personally i automatically just close my eyes yeah but because yeah because you just like are immersed in this sound also do you know that guy that like found out the actual sounds of like different planetary bodies based on vibrations and wavelengths. I don't he know. like we figured listen out, to yeah. Jupiter, right? Yeah, he like really crazy. He's like the the tone of Jupiter and Earth and Mars and it'd be cool to like do a There music is a with recording that. of Jupiter yeah. that you can or is, it's either Saturn or Jupiter mm-hmm. and it sounds like hell itself. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, so fucking scary. It's really weird. It's just um, like the sound of like gases just like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It sounds like something from Cthulhu. It's yeah. crazy. But it's super cool. Cool. Wow, uh, that's that's awesome. Thanks, Bridget. Yeah. I'm going to pee super quick, and then we're going to do <laughs> lightning round. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's tough in there sometimes. Um, okay, so does anyone else have anything for lightning round? I have a couple things. Okay, perfect. Um, this is going to truly be a lightning round because we're, again, low on battery. Uh and low on time before class. You just need to close your fucking tabs. I have a lot of tabs open on Google, but we're going to make it, so it's fine. Um, Okay, so my first thing for the lightning round is Jorge Martinez and Jonzito Acevedo. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you giggling? Nothing. Are you laughing at me, like, trying to read those names? No, no, Or because you know what it is. What are you laughing at? I know what it is. Oh, man. Um, okay, so this is like a video that everyone should look up. Uh, it's a, it's a freestyle video from these two kids in Colombia, and it's just them walking down the street with a boombox, with just a backing track beat, and they are absolutely destroying it's insane. it with their flow. I'm going to try and pull it up. Yes, please. Um, you send it to me if that's easy. During for you to find. Uh, Mihana's Mihana's bit, but. Um, they, they just kill it. I'm just going to play it. It's so while you really talk, talk about yours, okay. I'm going to pull it up. Um, one of my, so my topic is one of my guilty pleasures. It's Craigslist misconnections. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know what that is. Yes. <laughs> but it's amazing. So there's a section on Craigslist called, called misconnections where you can kind of post, maybe Aaron, like you'd be good at describing this. Oh, sorry. Oh. Sorry. Hang on. Did you find it? Yes, I did. Okay. Misconnections is like when people see somebody in public or briefly meet somebody in public, they don't get any of their identifying information and like can't find them. And so they post on Craigslist in the off chance that that person is also going to look on Craigslist in the misconnections yes. section. So it's basically like you meet someone at a bar and they tell you a funny joke and you think they're beautiful and you think you really hit it off, but you lost their number and name that they wrote down. Or maybe you saw somebody in the subway and yes, you're like, wow, exactly. it's a beautiful person, but yeah. I don't want to interrupt the time they're having exactly. with their book, which good on you. Do not fuck with people with headphones reading. in or who are reading yeah. on the subway because but take it from me. I hate public transport, and people try and talk to me on that shit, and yep. I will, I'll punch you in the throat. It's because you're so cute. Shucks. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'll you'd punch be like, you in the throat. You'd be like, you were reading Dance, 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 wearing a red sweater. Yeah. You got off on this station. At like this I, time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. get back to me, because I think you're really cute. But yeah. it's like, so like no one else would look on Craigslist. Right. Um, so can I read one of my favorites? It's basically fan fiction about strangers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to read one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, the title is 
I gave you an accidental back scratch. <laughs> and the post goes, we were strangers in the 27th row on a flight from Seattle. We didn't even exchange hellos. You seemed queasy and kept putting your head on the seat in front of you. I was so high on cold medication, and you decided, and I, and I decided you needed a back scratch. We both realized what was happening, but it was too late. I scratched your back in an affectionate manner for at least five seconds and no more than ten. I patted your back awkwardly at the conclusion of my back scratch and then pretended to be asleep. If you're reading this, I'm very sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> and then a picture of like her fingers. Oh my god! <laughs> Those are really uh, weird fingers. Yeah, they're pretty strange. Yeah. Um, and some of them are kind of creepy. Right. Some of them are like sweet. are really sweet. There's one about like dear young gay couple in 1993 and how like this person yelled at them for being gay and showing love and like has reflected on like their behavior and they're like, I'm really sorry that I yelled at you. Like I've changed as a person and just like kind of there's like, there's a lot of confessions on here, which is yeah. really interesting. And I love reading them. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's your day and Joan Zito. Just killing it out there. So after they did this video, like one of them was like 17 or 18. The shorter guy's like, your day is 17 or 18. And the younger guy is like 15 or something. And after this showed up on YouTube, like they became famous in Colombia, like oh, overnight. Cool. They got to rap at a concert for like 100,000 people Aww. and all this stuff. And they haven't done anything since, to my knowledge and from my Google searches, but I'm hoping they come out with shit because. Yeah. Their flow is insane, and yeah. this is just them walking down the street with a boombox, like, rapping at people about their mm -hmm. shoes. So, <laughs> like, it's it's just so fucking cool to watch two people just, like, kill it. Yeah, That's I love awesome. that. Yeah. Cool. Do we have right. anything else? Um, or should we? I'm going to hold off. I think we should move on your, to okay. your topic, because I'm very intrigued. Okay, so my topic is uh, Neutral Milk Hotels, Airplane Over the Sea. Because two weeks ago was its 20th uh, birthday. And it's a very important album to me and to many people and to indie music in general. And if you haven't heard it, I'm going to try and convince you that you should hear it. <laughs> um, so Airplane Over the Sea is like an 11-track album um, created by some people from Louisiana who... Uh, didn't ever, I, to my knowledge, none of them really went to college. None of them were ever class or like formerly trained in any of their instruments. It was all just a bunch of like misfits in Ruston, Louisiana, who, um, decided that they wanted to be musicians and that that was the thing that made them feel complete. And they came from all over the damn place. Um, but they all wound up in Ruston, Louisiana somehow, which is, kind of like a nowhere town with a small college in it. And they all got involved in the college radio and met each other through that and through the local guitar store, which there was like one of. There's a whole book about this that I studied this for. Um, studied for this. Where did you find it? I put it somewhere in this room, but I don't know where. Huh. 
Is it in that black backpack? Oh, 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 oh. It's in my jacket, in the pocket, on the right side. Okay, so there's this lovely book. There's a lot of these lovely books about albums that are big deals in the indie scene called 33 and One Third, which I believe is a record speed. Um, or a record size, I forget. But this one is on In the Airplane Over the Sea. It's by Kim Cooper. Highly recommend it. Um, I also highly recommend reading this article, uh, this interview done for a zine um, back in 1997 that was then hosted on Pitchfork, um, which is one of the few good things on Pitchfork, if you ask me. But um, So basically, In the Airplane Over the Sea is this 11-track pop album. I would argue it's a surreal folk pop album, which is why I think so many people love it is because every song is in a major key just about and nice. they're all they all kind of stick to the C G D the commoner the mm-hmm. more common pop song keys. Um so it's really on its surface easy to digest. It's catchy and um at least on its surface, like in the melodies and everything, it's very accessible. But when you get to the lyrics and how complex it is musically, it becomes more and more challenging, and I think that's what keeps people coming back to it after they initially fall in love. After 20 years. After 20 years, this is still like, kids are still picking up this record. I mean, when I first heard it, it was like, I think, 14 years old and it was still completely relevant to my life Mm -hmm. the very second I heard it I was like this I've never heard anything like this one two this is exactly how I'm feeling somehow and the other thing is I heard it first when I was 14 or 15 and I haven't stopped feeling like it describes my feelings in that seven year span even though yeah like Like, I keep getting getting older and new songs and new parts of the same songs resonate with me at different parts of my life because it's such a I'm checking our battery (laughs) we're very close it's such a beautiful and complex and uh both understated and overstated album that's nonsense what I just said was nonsense ignore that (laughs) okay add as somebody who doesn't like words even this album is awesome because they'll do things like playing bowing the saw is Uh a song that they use and just like it's like he said easy to digest on the surface but it's like the sonically they take it further which is why it stays relevant and unique because nobody's really touched it this that kind of sound quite like them yeah and they were all and that's partially because they were all self taught and they were doing it all out of love and the community they kind of like brought up around them in Ruston and then in Athens, Georgia, and then in Denver, Colorado, where the album was recorded, um, which is where we record this podcast. Um, (laughs) And in Denver, Colorado, the, the, the kind of thing that they brought up around them was that if anyone could make a noise on an instrument, they didn't care if they knew how to play it technically. Mm. They were just like, that's sick. You should come do that on our album. Cool. The fact that you came up with that, you should do that. Yeah. So yeah, their one friend picked up the saw, Julian, who also plays the accordion. And he started playing the accordion because he saw an accordion at some guy's house and was like, can I have that? Because <laughs> it was covered in dust. He's like, this guy Whoa. doesn't want it. I'll fuck around with it on the album. Yeah. Ends up you know, being like a beautiful part of the, the symphonic orchestration. And... Uh, so yeah, he, he he would practice the saw in the bathtub, which is really funny to me. <laughs> That's like where he would do a lot of his practice. The acoustics or what? No, because he was taking a bath. Oh. <laughs> because he was just playing the saw. Because they all just kind of are great in the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah, it is true. They're kind of like pre-made, like uh, they're like pre-mixed for you. Yeah. 
Um, oh, shit, we're not going to make it. Uh, I'll never forget my charger again. This is so sad. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so like, one, one thing I think is special about this album and, like, its lyrics is that uh, even though it's very catchy, he's imparting images that you could never get simply through very such specific and complex images through the lyrics that you could never get it just through instrumentals um, without like heavy-handed naming conventions because it's like an album about like fall like falling in love with Anne Frank and then Anne Frank dying and then Anne Frank being reborn and then going back in a time machine to try and save her Whoa. and like all of these things are in this album that is pretty much just written in one four one five four you know, fucking chord progressions. Mm -hmm. And it's so, I don't know, it's just so beautiful and complex. And he builds those lyrically, but then he will have songs that are completely, and they will have songs that are completely instrumental. Mm -hmm. um, and given like the, the lyrical context of the rest of the album, I think people then in those songs have a shared understanding of what images are supposed to be being evoked. And so like in that way, it allows those narrative moments where there aren't words to be even stronger, which is cool. Um, let's see. Uh, so some of my favorite lyrics from this album and my favorite lyrics ever. Yes, I was going to ask you. Um, are from the song Communist Daughter which is a very sexual song. A lot of the album deals with sex, sex, sex and sexuality, and so does his previous album, uh, On Avery Island, which everyone should also listen to, um, especially Garden Head, Leave Me Alone, uh, Where You'll Find Me Now, and um, Naomi. Those are, like, those are just some songs you should absolutely listen to off that album. Um, but the song Communist Daughter, uh, its lyrics are very involved... Um, with sex and sexuality, and that's because uh, Jeff Mangum, the writer and guitarist, seems to have this like complex relationship with sex, where um, which he talks about in the Pitchfork interview, um, where he thinks that people should take it more seriously, and that it's far more important than a lot of people give it give it credit for, and he's mm -hmm. really disgusted. It can seem like he's disgusted with sex itself but in interviews he he tries to make it clear that he's disgusted with the use of sex as like a means of power or a means of simply um like using somebody else in any way mm -hmm. um, which it can often be in our culture and so like he's kind of railing against that in song yeah. against sex which is another one off avery island that you should hear um anyway these are my favorite lyrics maybe ever and definitely off this album uh, sweet communist, the communist daughter, standing on the seaweed water, semen stains the mountaintops. With coca leaves along the border, sweetness sings from every corner, cars careening from the clouds, the bridges burst and twist around. And wanting something warm and moving, bends towards herself, the soothing, proves that she must still exist, she moves herself about her fist. Sweet communist, the communist daughter, Standing on the seaweed water, semen stains the mountaintops. Um, so those are the lyrics. Whoa. I didn't. I tried to rush through them again because battery. But <laughs> it's just beautiful, and I I've always kind of thought of the um, third verse about bend it, bends towards herself, the soothing. She proves that she must still exist. Bends herself about her fist as like a an affirmation of like your own sexuality and turning that mm -hmm. sexuality inward and self-love. Yep. Um, and that's just like such an important message on this album uh, that focuses so often on like the damage that people can do to each other. 
Um, and in this, it's that you can, you can take your own, like your love and your sexuality and your whole existence into your own hands. And I've always just thought that was just so beautiful. And it's kind of, it's sung in such a haunting, melancholy way. But then at the end of the song, there's just this triumphant horn line that just blows me away every time that I'll edit into the episode here. Jeff Mangum himself is just a really cool character. Mm-hmm. Like he's that's like become a hermit. Like he kind of just yeah. fell off the face of the planet he, for a while. He disappeared. He's yeah. still off the face of the planet. I mean, he he plays concerts every once in a while, but they're they don't they haven't talked about doing a reunion tour for this one mm-hmm. this anniversary. Um, yeah, like they just played for the love of it, and I think that the attention this album got um, and the like just the atmosphere that rose up around the band, like the fervor, um, was just not what he wanted out of it. Because a lot mm-hmm. of these people that worked on it with him said that they did this album not because they wanted to do something great for art or like make like the best band ever. It was just because they loved Jeff. Like right. they Aww. just like all of his friends so cool. who are interviewed are just like, well I just love Jeff and I believed in the sound that he was going for. So I put what I wanted out of art out of the way and I just tried to do, you know, what he wanted. And of course yeah. they all had input and say, but right. the goal of Neutral Milk Hotel is to like bring what was inside Jeff's soul to life. Um, and so like when that Beautiful. started getting tainted by like commercialism and yeah. when, when they started realizing that, you know, music business was a business yep. and not about like the music, they were like, we're, you know, a lot of them remained in and did other like less, less mm-hmm. famous projects on purpose, um, but he specifically kind of, like, retreated. Um, so I'm going to try and start a new podcast soon um, on my own. I don't know what it's called yet. It's something about Uncle D's mixtape, but I'm going to talk about this album in, like, a more uh, kind of put-together way. I'm going to talk about five other albums also, hopefully uh, as a, like, one season. Um, so be on the lookout for that from Stick and Poke Productions. Um, Sweet. And so I'll just I'll give you more information, everything. Um, shameless plug. <laughs> shameless plug. Well, we have to plug everybody on the network. True. Um, we'll also check out Grandma's House um, with the lovely Margot Hoffman, um, who is super talented. Love you, Margot. Margo, uh, who is super talented, super smart, and just all around good human being. Um, the second episode of that should be coming out sometime. Uh, early next month um, and you can again you can find all this on stickpokeprod.com um, we have some other projects coming out soon and if you have an idea for a project or would like to help with any of the ones we've got going please email us at stickpokeprod at gmail.com um, yeah Beautiful. so this has been Encyclopedia. thank you so much for listening and, As uh, always, DM us if you have yeah, any comments, we, questions. We concerns. love getting your messages on Instagram. We love gentle or non-gentle. Gentle feedback. or non-gentle, like we screwed up. You know, let us know. Um, <laughs> thank you, Bridget, for being with thank us. Thank you, Bridget. <laughs> we'll include all of her information, um, Instagram handles, website, and her beautiful music. 
on the Instagram as well. Yep. <laughs> um, is there anything else? Keep an eye out for a music festival coming in September. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. This is huge. The Orpheus Music Festival in Glenwood Springs at Sunlight Mountain Resort. Uh, September 7th and 8th. This is Bridget's. <laughs> this is Bridget's baby. It's and gonna be rad. Mihan and I are helping make it come yeah. to life. It's gonna be magical. It's, yes. We're like midwives to this. <laughs> to Keep this your thing. calendars open. <laughs> yep. Seventh and eighth in September, Glenwood Springs Orpheus Music Fest. Um, we'll keep you posted about all that. But yes. in the meantime, my battery is about to die, so we need <laughs> to save this file before we lose it. So um, thank you all for listening. This has been Encyclopedia. Much love. See you next week. Um, bye. Bye. <laughs> Do you see that at the end of everyone? Either we that do know. or Aaron says stay sexy. Encyclopedia.